And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to our first live edition of Warriors All 82 podcast. I am in a separate room in the same Denver arena as Marcus Thompson. And we may bring some listeners on to ask it, but uh, right now just me and you, although I'm already seeing a bunch of listeners coming in. Um, Warriors lose. Uh, first playoff game they've lost, 126-121. I think a lot of stuff we can get to within the loss, but like what is it the 27 fouls and the fact that Draymond fouled out and Clay was in foul trouble all, all game? To, is that talking point one to you? I mean, it was talking point one to them. <laughs> yes. Right? Like that's yes. all the fouling. Uh, I'd probably start. Yeah, I'd start with not starting Steph. That's where I'd start. Uh, 37 minutes? You played 37 minutes the entire fourth quarter. And I think the last, what, the, how many, last, he, whatever he, of the first He finished quarter. the third and all of the fourth and then was, like, pretty pumped about that fact post game. And even when I asked her, like, you know, is that a little bit more than you wanted? He was like, no, it's all good. And then I'm sitting there thinking, if he can go 37 minutes, why is he not start. starting? Yeah. I, I, just, I just think they don't want to make the decision. And – uh, he wants. He just wants Looney to play to 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 buy those minutes, and that, that's what the foul situation was so tough because you know Draymond gets a foul, what forty seconds into the game, uh, reaching, and the whole point is to avoid Draymond getting fouls early, right? Otherwise, you just put him on Jokic to start. So that that's what made it difficult. Still, yeah. To me, I just felt like. Just start the game with Steph. Steph got he was cold and in the, the weird two fouls they had to go get him out of like you know wherever he was the tunnel and then he misses his first like five or so shots he was just struggling to start. It just felt like all of that could have been avoided if you just started him. Yeah, I mean that that was a huge I thought moment early was yeah two Clay Thompson fouls but while Clay Thompson's really like he he had one of those games he finishes with 32 tonight to to me if he's able to play more than nine first quarter minutes that's all he played uh he might have 42 or something you know his jumper was like that on and you know maybe the game's different but not only does he get the two early fouls which which throws his pattern off you mentioned it Steph has to sprint in from the tunnel they get a delay game his first three shots were three of the worst shots I've seen him take you could tell everything about it was all rushed and then uh, you know, they get down. What, what were they down at half? 11. Clay gets that fourth foul going into half, which was kind of an odd sequence. Um, but to me, they tried to get cute a little bit with not wanting to officially bench Looney or Poole and feeling like they could sweep with Steph coming off the bench the whole time. And then they get a week off and they put Steph back in the starting lineup. But they got to start, start Steph Wednesday, right? And, and, and to me, and no I would start him. Would you still go Looney because you're playing Denver and the foul trouble and Jokic is still out there and Poole actually didn't have a very good game four? Or do you just go 
three-guard lineup. This is going to be the starting lineup moving forward. Just go to it now. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to it right off the bat. They closed the game with it and almost won with it. Uh, I do – I feel a lot better about the Draymond foul trouble since you you, you see Jonathan Kaminga looks pretty good. I just feel like they have other places to turn. But also, as was very clear, Steph pointed out, they had a very particular game plan. Uh uh, to deal with the the high ball screens and the the DHOs, they they had a game plan and the game plan was effective because you got two non shooters out there, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, to me, and and the way Looney, I mean, I'm sorry, the way Wiggins is slashing and diving to the rim, like to me, that's the stuff you want to happen early. Uh, you 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 just don't want to give this other team that that type of hope. Plus. I mean, look, man. You know, Looney has been great for the Warriors. He's been, he's been incredibly clutch. He's been reliable. He just can't do it. He just can't. And Jokic jumps out. He gets 18 in the first. He's getting to the free throw line. Like nothing about starting Looney is stopping, is stopping uh, Nikola. Uh, and I get it. It hey, almost tire him out, work him, but you know, yeah, uh, and, he, and he, he still get thirty seven. <laughs> yeah, look, Looney's also out there to like absorb the early fouls. But guess what? Forty seconds into the game, him and Draymond, I th- Draymond, I think it was like kind of a improv trap where he pokes Jokic in the eye. Looney's trying to take the foul, and the refs like, no, it was, it was on Draymond. Um, but also, I just to me, their idea of they can leave Looney on an island with Jokic so they don't have to double it it lulls them into a false sense of security. I think a little bit where let's say, you know, Looney's out of the starting lineup and instead you're going to a bench that includes Kaminga, Iguodala and some of that, and you're not letting Jokic go one-on-one. Well, that kind of worked tonight. Jokic had seven turnovers. Kaminga handled, you know, that assignment decently because he's going to get more help. And I think they should maybe be okay. Like doubling a little bit more selectively, as long as they're alert on the back end and, you know, maybe just, you know, it's Draymond for the largest chunks. And then it is maybe a Kaminga, Iguodala, Porter mix where you're just, you're being smart about your doubling. And run that dude. That's what I yeah. want more than anything. Like, run him. You see how they got back in the game. High pick and roll. Make that dude get out there. I mean, it is a layup. It's a layup. So when Looney's on the court, he don't have to get out there on the perimeter. Uh, to me, I just say, you go you go full out at him. Like, there's a there's a level of urgency that comes with saying, all right, here's our guys, here's our lineup. Uh, to me, that's what I would do. What it, what will he probably do? Bring Jordan Poole off the bench. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know what? He's gonna have some some credibility behind that decision because they got nothing from Gary Payton, nothing from Andre offensively. I mean, Otto hasn't made a shot in a while. Uh, Bielita is not even shooting the ball. So. If you're gonna start Steph, you're basically you're basically leaving yourself with nothing reliable offensively off the bench, right? Uh, if if you sit Looney, you don't really solve that problem. So I could see him saying, "Let's start Looney, and at least if you bring Poole off the bench, now we're bringing in an offensive creator and also somebody who can get some buckets." Yeah, step that, off that's the, the bench. Out. Yeah, step off the bench has like been great in some ways, right? You know, just to have that weapon. So yeah, I guess that would be Pool. Uh, also, you know, you mentioned the credibility. Like, you know, Pool is coming off his worst game since like February. He that this was 11 points was his fewest since February 27th. Uh, three of 10 shooting. A few of uh, their 
turnovers and probably some of their worst turnovers where he's just like he's going out on the break and he's just kind of like I guess rushing into some action falling over losing the ball the kind of turnovers Tim Kawakami loves to point out right um and it's so I you know I guess for a second you can maybe try to cool it down but my thing is like look this is the lineup that needs to start against Memphis uh this is the lineup that needs to get as used to each other as possible because this to me is the lineup who will decide your season Minnesota, you know what? Oh, with Carl Anthony Towns, you got to start looney. No, um, <laughs> so I I I just started game five in that Chase Center, you know, within that Chase Center crowd, where that's the type of lineup that really thrives in that type of environment you'd expect, and just try to boat race them early, right? That, that's um, what that I would be. be. That's what I'd be going for. Yeah. In that yeah. crowd, uh, do you want? Yeah, yeah do you want to like bring up? If anybody has a question, maybe we should uh, bring uh, somebody to to the floor to ask a question. Let's see if it pops up. I saw there were some people earlier, but we were yammering, so they, they probably went off the stage. But uh, until we get one, uh, Jonathan Kaminga did play tonight. Uh, it's something, you know, I think me and you were both getting the sense behind the scenes that there was some type of internal push of like, hey, maybe try Kaminga out. You know, he's going to probably be needed in the next round. Uh, get his toes wet in the in the playoff gauntlet. And the second unit wasn't good offensively. And, you know, uh, I, I thought he looked bad early, but kind of got settled and then had some nice moments to transition two transition dunks and kind of showed w- what type of dynamic he provides that, uh, you know, Bielitsa or, or Porter. Hey, doesn't. man, did you see Nicole Jokic go up for that uh, Jonathan Kaminga dunk and transition? Yeah. He did not. No, <laughs> he no. Because he knew better. He, he said, that. to me, yeah. like, that's a valuable, like, I mean, look, look, he came in, he didn't play that much, but he immediately got to the free throw line. He finished at the rim. And I, I kind of like that whole look, lineup, right? Their shot was not falling. And so they just went to a bunch of dudes who could get to the rim. It was Steph, it was Jordan Poole, it was uh, Kaminga, and uh, it was, a, was it GP2? Might have been like a bunch of dudes who just finished inside. Oh no, Wiggins! It was Wiggins. It yeah, was he cl- he closed with that Jeremiah. with that lineup we've been talking about. But Clay was in foul trouble, so it was coming in. That's right, coming Yeah. So it was almost like the op, like the the lunch pill version of that lineup, right? And they, yeah. they switched from like space the floor, a bunch of threes to like, all right, it's to the cup with everything, right? It's it's downhill. It's in transition. It's getting out. And Kaminga gives you that, man. Like, I know I know his rookie mistakes are somehow worse than the veterans' mistakes, but. He just brings something highly tangible, and it didn't take him long to get his get his sea legs in the playoff game either. Like you know, he, All he, right. was, he was out real quick. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com.
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. By the way, yeah. we got three people in yeah, the audience. Yeah, who yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. We're going to start with Kate. We're going to start with KW. Hopefully this works. All right. KW, what's up? Hey, hey what's going on, guys? How you doing? Good. How you okay. doing? I'm not doing too good. I'm aware what you're saying. So hey, you're you're up three one in the first round, looking like probably the the most stable team in the West right now. You're not feeling good. Yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm one of those Warriors fans that I'm gonna critique my team based on what I see versus just the wins and losses, because we all know that the end game is for the Warriors to win chips at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So my frustration has been, and I watch a lot of games. I mean, I got league pass. So I watch the Warriors games, and I watch other teams. And you guys just kind of touched on one of my frustrations. And this Steve's Kerr doesn't seem to be, like, flexible with his rotations. He's very rigid, right? And when I was watching the game, and the Warriors were just not able to make a shot, right? And I'm like, that's when you want to have a guy. We don't have KD anymore. Because it used to be get the ball to KD, right? And let him get a bucket. But you got a guy like Kaminga who's already demonstrated at 19 that he's going to at least get to the rim and get to the free throw line. So when you're struggling to make shots and you got a guy who can at least get to the line to kind of break that up, it's like Kerr just has this uncomfortable, rigid thing that, hey, he's a rookie. I don't want to play him. But, like, I think it was Anthony said, he was one of the guys, I think, in two spurts when they brought him in, he got to the free throw line in two quick possessions. Yeah, no, I I think that Kerr has said and I think has shown a little bit this season that he's going to be a bit more flexible with this uh, roster. Uh, he hasn't really been pushed to be as flexible in the playoffs because Denver's been such a bad matchup. And to me, like, you know, everything has worked against Denver the first three games. I thought it was a good sign. I mean, I was saying as the second quarter was starting, I said it to Marcus, I'm like, Kaminga, I think, you know, this felt like the type of game where he needed to show the flexibility, try out the rookie, because, you know, they were kind of in mud a little bit offensively. And he at least did it. Now, he didn't go back to him, and we know Kirk kind of has some old-school tendencies, but I thought it was at least a good sign he tried him. I assume you're a little bit upset he, he you didn't see him again in the second half. Right, because this is the thing. And I know you mentioned rookies or whatever, but you know what? If you look at – and I'll be – when you watch the Warriors, they have a lot of turnovers. A lot of their turnovers are from Iguodala, Belicia. So it's like, I'll I'll live with the rookie mistakes. Bielitsa, for sure. Bielitsa's yeah. turnover. But Bielitsa didn't come back in, though. Otto no, Porter, he didn't. Yeah. Otto Porter has been disappointing in the playoffs. He's not what I thought we was going to get. So my point is this. If you're getting that anyway, I'll live with the rookie mistakes. But the upside that a guy like Kaminga gives you, one, being able to get the ball inside and get buckets, but just those, the athleticism, getting those 50-50 balls, getting to the front of the rim. Like, you have to live with that. And it's like, we don't have a deep, talented roster. Our most athletic guy is what, probably Jordan Poole outside of Kaminga? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, James Wiseman. uh, Yeah, GP2. James Wiseman, I'm sorry. And GP2, yeah. Yeah. All right. K- I just had K-W- to get that wise machine. Yeah. yeah. KW, so, we appreciate it. Marcus, um, 
you know, I, I definitely get the point of like, you know, the, the lack of flexibility, sometimes the lack of trust in, in younger guys, but you know, it's just, it's pretty early in the playoffs. And I think he will be motivated more when the matchup is a little bit trickier and the matchup demands more athleticism. And, you know, I'm, it's Memphis, right? This is what I'm talking about. Like Memphis is going to go small. Memphis is going to switch. Tamik Kaminga needs to be in the rotation in the Memphis series. Bielitz is probably going to be played off the floor. Looney's probably going to be sitting over there while Steven Adams is sitting on the other bench. Um, and that will, this will be a, t- this is a big test for Steve Kerr, these playoffs. Um, but I'm not ready. Like, I didn't think today it was like overwhelmingly like Man, his we rotation. Steve Kerr on trial up 3 1, heading home to game five. Steve Kerr's on trial. Now, Steve Kerr's mistake tonight, right, was the, we should, which we should talk about, was the ATO, which, by the way, he's a, he's typically been a good ATO coach. He's like all the uh, no, efficiency he's a really numbers. Good ATO coach, yeah. yeah. But he calls the lob, the auto porter to Andrew Wiggins' lob while, like, Steph's on fire and Clay's on fire and it, uh, you know, it blows up. Like, uh, Jokic is yelling from the bench, lob, lob, before they even throw and it. And he says, and Austin he, Rivers says he, it up. he wishes he had that call back. But, like, yeah, that was just, I mean, look, I understand they've run it before. It's been successful before. But, you know, time, time and situation, man, like, context matters. You know, it's worked when Andre Iguodala was throwing in. This wasn't Iguodala. And also, like, Steph is cooking every time down. Clay, you know, is hot. I'm just not forcing the ball to Wiggins in that situation. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Especially not a cross-court lob. Like, I I get it, man. I understand that it's worked before. But you need a bucket. Like, the ball needs to just go with Steph hands. I'm going to say that to my dying day. Put the ball in Steph hands. That was yeah. one of those situations. All right. You want to bring – yeah, Who? Let's get Antoine J. Because I don't right. anonymous you. I don't know who that is. I don't like it. Marcus is so. Marcus is a little scared of anonymous you. So we're going with Antoine J. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, people touched a lot about what I was going to talk about. Um, mostly when in the first half, second quarter, we started getting back into the game. When Kaminga was in, it seemed like pushing the ball, running Jokic up and down was working. And then I was honestly a little surprised um, that. I mean, I shouldn't be with Kerr, but a little surprised I saw Andre again in the second half. It just didn't seem like he was in the rhythm of the game. Um, some uncharacteristic turnovers, and then I thought Kaminga should have tried to come back. They should, you should have put Kaminga back in to try to just push the tempo some more, tire Jokic out and things like that. Um, but, uh, no, uh, don't really have too much else. Just uh, I think everybody's thinking the same kind of things on that, but mostly – in a 3-0 game with a team with the MVP-type talent, you got to expect them to run. I, I, I was watching the game with my dad and told him, Warriors are going to make it within almost tied or one or two points, and whatever's going to happen from there will happen. But um, I, I, and just to talk what you said, Marcus, uh, I was surprised with that, that the pass and the, the ATO to Wiggins. I totally agree with you. I am super team put the ball in Steph Curry's hands in the biggest moments. <laughs> and I think that sometimes receive can kind of go wrong. Um, he makes a lot of great decisions, getting people involved that come up and win games, but in the, the huge moments, and I'll even go back to 2016 finals, just put the, the ball in the top 10 Why player hands. Just put, <laughs> just put the ball in your top 10 player of all time kind of hands and see and live or die with that. But <laughs> 
Uh, this is cool. You guys are doing this on uh, a live thing on on uh, athletics. So uh, uh, just good to hear you guys. All right, all right. We appreciate that, Antoine. One thing I would say about like their lack of like you know consistent fast breaking tonight. That's fouls. Twenty-seven fouls, uh, which was a series high. That's tied for their fifth most this season. It is and really what they do because they're. Sm- I mean, they they didn't get stops yeah. at all. It was. Yeah, not getting stops, you know, particularly if you're going to foul like that, you just kind of, you're going to go mostly against set defense. By the way, Denver is like the worst transition defense in the league and a decent half court defense. And so that's just been the strategy all series. And, and today, because they fouled so much. And by the way, uh, like I was trying to say, it, this is a major problem for them. They, I think, were fourth most in the league in fouls this season. They're small. They're going even smaller. Uh, they're trending even smaller. And big teams will try to, you know, Body him up. Aaron Gordon was good in Denver these last two games, and I think he got to the foul line ten times today because he's he's cutting into the lane and he's like bodying some of these guys up. He's forcing Clay into fouls, and he got Draymond six because of a back cut that Jokic finds him. And to me, that's the biggest play down the stretch. Draymond, you know, hacks him for six, and then you have to close with Otto Porter the last two minutes. So, anything else, Marcus? You have to. No, you. But what you couldn't do is close with Draymond Green. That was the big problem. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't disqualify. No question. No, no question about it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Look, I don't think Steve Kerr was was so bad tonight. Um, Like the fact that he threw uh, JK out there, I do think it was really smart. And they probably should do it more often. Like high pick and roll, get Jokic involved. And Steph on Jokic, make them double, like make them just say, hey, we're taking the ball out completely. And then when they did it, he reversed it uh, and like had another screen to another screen to get Jokic on him. So I, I thought I thought it was a pretty I mean, they were playing terribly. <laughs> they weren't really trying that hard on defense. They were they were playing soft. The only thing that drives me crazy a little bit is they just, you know, Kerr reminds me of uh, Denzel and and uh Remember the Titans when he was like, "Man, we got six plays, man. <laughs> we just go, we just go. It's like Nova King. You keep, you keep trying it. It's go, it works every time. Kerr and Denzel. Kerr right. and Denzel. Like, sometimes they just get into this. Well, like the play works. We know the play works. You just have to execute. What's like, What's the assistant coach's name? Yost, isn't it? Like Yost. Yeah, yeah. Is that Atkinson? <laughs> Is that Kenny Atkinson over there? That's With like not, his like not, analytics playbook. Be, like, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's got to be. Who's going to not? Because not, Yost was coddling the players. So that ain't that ain't Kenny. That's got to be Mike Brown. Mike Brown's got to be Yost coddling right. the player. I just mean Coaching more, you the know. defense, too? No, no yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, but, but like the dribble handoffs and all that, like they were jumping that early and they didn't really adjust. Yeah, you Let's know who's going to be who's... jumping that 10 times more? The Memphis Grizzlies, who were number one in the league enforcing turnovers this season, 18 per game. Sorry. I'm going to keep hammering that, but uh, bring somebody else on, Marcus, or I can if you want. Let's go. Uh, I'm curious. The Bam P. The Bam P. 
Marcus has decided the BAM P is on. How are you? How's it going, guys? It's actually um, it's it's the it's the BAM pod, but I but I appreciate the uh, I oh, guess the P on. doesn't you show there. Promote another pod on our pod. Yeah, I I, I, I should have just put my name. That's my bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a big fan, guys. I'll just mess with you. <laughs> okay, I would like to push back on a few of the other comments before it's because I'm kind of I'm kind of pro uh, not totally showing your cards. Um, I, I I think that maybe like the Kaminga minutes I, I thought was I thought was. I thought it was fine personally, but I, I mean, before I count my count my chickens before they hatch, but I kind of like Kaminga more against like a Brandon Clark next round or maybe small ball run Nas Reed off the floor kind of deal. But I guess my question to you guys is, uh, so I liked how they defended Jokic in the first two games. I thought they did really well. Um, do you think game four, do you think they defended him worse? Or do you think that more worse in the sense of like when Jokic drives and kicks out, do you think they defended that worse, or do you think the Denver Denver Nuggets? Do you think they did better at adjusting to that? One one thing I know that um, so Jokic hit a couple threes in in game three early, and suddenly, and I know the coaches were on this, like they felt Draymond started closing out too too uh, I guess rushed um, or or too hard, and then suddenly Jokic was able to get by. Um, not only for for some uh, layups or you know floaters, but also forcing Draymond into fouls as, as Jokic is driving by. And I felt like it was a little bit like that tonight because Jokic, how many threes did he hit tonight, Marcus? Three. I think he went and, three for five. Yeah, th- three for five. Uh, and that to me has made them a little bit because in the first two games they were giving him like basically practice threes, and he went 0-4, and he shot poorly from three to end the season. And I think that was part of their game plan was like kind of give him the three. He's not confident in it right now, and he's hit a few, and I think that's a little bit changed the dynamics of of how they've wanted to guard him. Uh, I think Draymond's a little bit more scared of the jumper uh, than he was Looney too, and I think that's that's. That changed in Denver. I mean, Jokic has just been awesome these last two games, and where I didn't think he was as good the first two. Um, yeah, so I think that's been a big deal, Marcus. I don't know where you at on this. Yeah, I think the difference is in the first two games is they ran him like crazy, and he was moving a lot. Uh, I think they just got they got a lot comfortable with the fact that they were going to make fifteen threes. They could shoot the lights out, uh, and you could see him getting tired tonight. Like you could see him. Uh, passing up those shots that, you know, when he's, when he, I think he's gotta, he's gotta feel good about it in order for him to take it. But he's, you know, he's, he wants to drive and kick because I think he was tired, but I don't think they attacked him on offense. And I think that helps him on defense. I mean, there was a lot of cousins minutes. <laughs> he was going for a long stretches where, you know, Slater, you were saying like now is where they should kind of maybe bring him in when Draymond comes out. But yeah. they're riding those cousins' minutes because I, I do think he gets he's getting tired. And to me, they did a better job in San Francisco of making him work on both ends. And I think they've gotten away from that until the second half of the game, game four. So I expect to see that more. But, I mean, he's so good that I don't even know. Like, if his teammates are making shots, obviously it's a lot better. I think they made a lot of shots they weren't making. In games one and two, I think the desperate Monty like, Morris, like, Morris. Monty Morris. Monty Morris went five of five from three in the third quarter, and yeah, you know they, I looked they, at they those threes, fire. and there was just some breakdowns to me. They just weren't nearly as like attentive defensively tonight. There was one, but they like, weren't making those shots when they were open either. Yeah, like before. No, you're right. I do think that's a part of it. Like Bone said, they just didn't have any pressure. It was all like they they had nothing to lose, and they played like it. To me, 
it, the answer is not really what you do with Jokic on on like guarding him. It's what you do with him on the other end. You got to make him work, and I think that takes away. It hurts his three point shot. It hurts his posting. He's he's doing more fadeaways. He's trying to turn around and lean on his soft touch. To me, that's where. To me, I think they got to do. They just got to attack Jokic relentlessly. Yep. All right, the Bam Pod, by the Bam Pod. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, we appreciate you uh, coming on. Yeah, you know, the other thing, I mean, he mentioned it within there, you did, I think, the uh, Cousins, you know, having Cousins out there for a more extended time than maybe you would think. They haven't, the Warriors have not exploited the Cousins minutes like you'd expect, or they probably should. You know, Cousins has, has beat them up a little bit inside, and they're not high pick and rolling him as much as I know you think they should, Marcus. And if they're even or plus in the Cousins minutes, like, that's just not who the Nuggets were in the regular season. They dominated Jokic's minutes. They got killed in the non-Jokic minutes. This series, like, the Warriors have mostly been really good against Jokic, but I'm just – like, they're not exploiting the Cousins' minutes like they should be. Yeah, you know, Cousins is, like, probably a worse pick-and-roll defender than Jokic, but – I would say it, definitely is. Way, way more reckless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's – uh, it's. It, I mean, the crazy part was they were – they were running the pick and roll with with cousins on the court. It was just they were using it with uh Jermichael Green. And I'm like, yo, he's actually a pretty good defender. Maybe yeah. maybe you should go at Cousins. That was interesting. Yeah, to me that that was wild. If they if they if the Nuggets win the non Jokic minutes, that's that's just remarkable for them. That that's such a boom for them. Uh I just feel like that. That and you know what? I thought the Warriors were going for that when they started stepping the fourth. I thought this was them saying, "All right, let's cook while they're off, while Jokic is off the court. Let's destroy Cousins." So I was really surprised they didn't go at him. That that yeah. kind of stuff me a bit. Our Marcus, you want to do one more? One let's more. Let's go. Uh, uh, last let's one. Go Josh, Joshua B. Man, Joshua, Joshua B. B will be our last questioner of the day how are you hey guys how you doing thanks for very good on me hey yo um, yo 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 what, what's I going think, on joshua i'll tell you what's going on i think that it was weird to I, I think that what was weird about this afternoon's game or at least this afternoon from where i was sitting was that i thought that the best player on the court um was bones highland which i didn't i mean maybe i was just like not paying attention the last three games but I thought that he was fine, but he turned into a splash brother today. He was shooting shots from, like, half court. And I think that if you're going to take those kind of shots, right, and make those kind of shots where you're so far from behind the line that it doesn't make any difference. Like, like when when you're hitting consistently and making those shots, that, like, that's going to win games for you when you're shooting from so far back. And I know that it's only like three points, right? Three points is three points no matter where you shoot it from, from behind the three-point line. But he caught fire there for the stre- for a little stretch at the end of the half. And that's like the big killer. That's the reason – you can easily make a case. That's the reason why um, the Warriors didn't take the lead in the first half and then get out to a bigger lead in the um, third quarter. And you still almost won. I say you, yeah. right? Um, the Warriors still almost won. So this series, you know, could have easily swung on just a couple of loud bricks, right, as opposed to um, going back to 
Golden State for Game 5. When I think about Memphis, I think they're going to get in the exact same foul trouble. Like, they're going to get in the same foul trouble they're getting into against Minnesota. It's going to be worse because the Golden State Warriors actually know how to play offense and actually don't get into slumps like this. We don't have any problems swinging the ball around to Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. Like, we're not going to have any of these issues. So really, who are we scared of? We're scared of whoever comes out between Phoenix and Dallas. Are we really looking two, two series ahead? Um, is, is like every loss a reason to panic or is it just that we're, or is it just that we're so confident that whatever, that whatever we lose, it's just a total shock. What do you think? Yeah. Hold on. You really not, you really not oh. scared of Memphis? Yeah, I was going to say, I wish I, I already knocked him off the stage, but we appreciate the, the question. I was a little surprised. I think I think Memphis should present a lot of concern, especially the way they're going to play with a, you know, a smaller switching, turnover-heavy, you know, disruptive uh, team. But I wanted to go back. He, you know, he mentioned Bones Highland. Um, Bones Highland I, was a huge difference tonight, and he'd been really quiet the first three games. And I think one of the main reasons for that was Gary Payton the second was good. You know, I think they kind of assigned him to Bones Highland early in the series to kind of try to keep him quiet because Payton doesn't have one of those, like, you know, star perimeter players in the series to guard. Uh, but Payton, it was interesting. He was walking down the tunnel post game, and I mentioned something to him, like, you know, thought maybe you should have been out there, you know, guarding Highland. And he was like, man, I made too many early mistakes I thought it was just kind of an interesting comment for Peyton but he felt like you know he didn't play well early and then you know you could sometimes lose rotational trust and Peyton wasn't out there against Bones Island and suddenly Bones Island's blown by Clay Thompson and he he did hit some some big threes and uh, that's that's a factor and that's one of those random playoff games right these happen within series like one random role player two random role players will win a game a lot of times for the underdog um but, yeah, that's that's what I have to say on that comment. I'm also in agreement with you, Marcus. I'm surprised he's already skipping the Warriors two series ahead to the West Finals. All about matchups, man. Don't look at Memphis and how they're playing against Minnesota and think, like, oh, they're they're going to be easy or they're good. It's all about matchups. Minnesota is a good matchup for Memphis. Like, they, get, they, have, they present some problems. And Memphis presents some problems for the Warriors. I, I do think, though, I mean, like, yeah, Bones Highland and Monty Morris, what they come out for eight threes tonight. Uh, what are you going to do about Desmond Bain then if you just give it up open <laughs> open threes like this, right? Like, I, I do think I, I do think Steve, you know, he gets a little tight with the minutes sometimes. But generally speaking, it's so weird to me that a team that lives on shooters getting hot – Gets pretty casual about guys getting hot, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, you make it. You ain't gonna make another one. Uh, to me, the 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 philosophy of guarding the paint at the expense of the perimeter probably needs to be switched anyway. It's what teams do to the Warriors: no threes, get all your get all your twos, right? Like like even at the end of the game where uh, Steph said they they should have just stayed home on the shooters. It's like, man, if Yoka gets you a bucket, all right, it's, it's a four point game. You know, and, and not a five-point game, uh, and not the dagger three, but they do give up a lot of threes. You can't get hot on the Warriors because of how they feel like they have to protect the paint. So while yeah, Bones did get hot, uh, and it was like a a bit of an anomaly, right? But then mm-hmm. Monty Morris got hot, hitting open threes, right? Like so, it's not just about the randomness of a player getting hot. That people get good looks from three on the Warriors because of how they play defense. So uh, to me, that's 
that's something they should kind of like they got to think about it's less of an issue with memphis because they don't have shooters but man you just know like dylan brooks is gonna get hot for a game against the warriors you know bane's gonna get hot like them dudes, they just make people make shot against the Warriors. That's just what they do. So it's not. I'm, surp- nothing, right? I'm surprised you're not talking about like Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. You're you're just naming all these Memphis role players. I thought you were leaning know, in hard right? to, to Minnesota. No, because he said he wasn't you know worried about Memphis. But I'm just saying this idea yes. that no, I know it's player saying. hit one, a player hit two. The Warriors don't say okay, let's take him away. Right? They don't do that. They don't say this guy can shoot from the corner. I'm not giving him the corner shot. You're going to have to take that, too. They don't do that. They just kind of collapse and, you know, they, you know, they don't they don't take away the three the way people do it to them. So to me, it's just a little odd. But typically, like for most of the series, they've been right. Like these dudes haven't been hit. Shot. They, they, they've been given Aaron Gordon threes, corner threes all uh, series. He hit one uh, tonight, but they're 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 fine with a lot of those guys shooting. But so when they get hot. It doesn't switch the urgency. That's that's the weird part. I, I think that'll change, though. To me, that's where you got to go back to Gary Payton. Monty Morris is going crazy like that. And they like, there was a play towards the end. Gary Payton didn't have a very good game, though. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, I think part of his problem is, like, he needs to have somebody to kind of feast on. Uh, mm-hmm. But there was a play towards the end of the game where it's like, all right, Monty Morris essentially hit the game winner, but it's like – if you're watching Steph and Clay kind of fight over these screens and make it, you know, they're fighting over the screen. They're trying to, like, get the switch and pop it back out so now Jokic can have a small on them. And, but Poole was so soft on them that Monty just kind of weaved around and took a little eight-footer in the lane. You know, but it's like presence of mind to say, maybe we don't want Poole on the ball handler in this moment. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the type of stuff they got to they gotta kind of tighten up where it's like, nope, nope. Nope, let's get a good ball pressure out there or or at least clay where it's like, all right, now you got somebody six seven to shoot over instead of basic little floater. Like little stuff like that. It's Monty Morris and Bones Highland now, but it's gonna be Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards, right? There you go. There you go. All right, all right, all right. Well, game five is Wednesday in Chase Center. Uh, more money in Joe Lacob's pocketbooks, and uh, you know ownership can can easier pay the tax bill. I guess. I guess that's the the positive spin to put on it. Um, should be a good crowd, uh, and it will be an interesting game. Marcus, you didn't. You had a Peyton Manning story in our last podcast. Were you were you able to get Russell Wilson on the way out the floor tonight? Or Sierra? I was too maybe? focused yeah. on trying to get Sierra, but I failed. So didn't get an exclusive over there. Oh, too bad. Nah, I was trying to get Sierra. It was tough to get to. All right, uh, we will talk to you. Um, I don't know if we'll, you know, at some we'll probably do sporadic live rooms like this throughout the class. Made easier today because obviously it was an afternoon game, but. Uh, We will talk to you coming up pretty soon. Thanks for coming on. Deuces. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.